I'm limited by the technology of my time, but one day you'll discover it's harmless phosphorescence! Everybody, this is Throw Smiley, and I come from a family of thieves and butchers. Who's joining me this week? I'm Josh Cece, and I told you I don't want to join your super secret boy band. It's me. I'm here. Get over it. Move on. I'm Brian Lesh. I'm Alaric Weber, and I'm mind-blowingly duplicitous. And this is a harmless phosphorescence. It's the podcast where we watch every theatrically released full-length live-action superhero movie ever made. We gather some research into the production and the source material, then we tell you all about it. Uh, this program is brought to you by our patrons. We got patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. You can be a patron, too. All you need is a dollar. Just one dollar. That's all it takes. Um, just go to patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. And uh, you get tons of bonus material. Uh, we got uh, monthly movies. And, oh, guys, we got our uh, monthly movie poll is done. Oh, shit. It was super, super close this month. Um, one, one vote separated it. But the winner, the winner was Face Off. Oh, it was? Yes. By one vote, we got it. It It had to be faced off. I voted for it twice. (laughs) It was, well, Al, that put it over then, (laughs) because it was one vote. Uh, Um, I would have loved to have talked about any of them. This was a good nomination month. Yeah. Um, Men in Black was number two. It was Mm -hmm. super close. Uh, Number three, um, only off by like four votes, was... uh, um, fifth element and then devil's advocate was a pretty distant fourth but um yeah it was a good month good month so uh check it out guys for the month of may we are going to be talking about face off on our patreon and you can uh you can uh, head over to patreon.com slash harmless entertainment and for just a buck you can listen to that and many others we've done oh uh, what are we done we've done independence day um the Martian. The Life of Brian. Yeah, the Gremlins. <laughs> tons, tons of great ones. Yeah. yeah. Head over there and check it out. But this week on Harmless Phosphorescence, we are going to be watching Iron Man 2. Could we pick up now where we left off? Mr. Stark, please. Yes, dear. Could I have your attention? Absolutely. Our priority here is to have you turn over the Iron Man weapon to the American people. Well, you can forget it. We're safe. America is secure. You want my property? You can't have it. But I did you a big favor. I have successfully privatized world peace. We're adjourned for the day. You've been a delight. Okay, give me a smooch for good luck. I might not make it back. Go get him, boss. You complete me. Oh, it's good to be back. His stack of stolen VCRs. Family of thieves and butchers. And now, like all guilty men, you try to rewrite your own history. And you forget all the lives the Stark family has destroyed. They will be blood in the water, and the sharks will come. 
Iron Man 2. It's not Iron 2 Man? Like they had it uh, build in the trailer? <laughs> 2 Man, 2 Iron. Yeah. Five <laughs> dogs, five. 2 Iron, 2 Man. Um, <laughs> Jude and I were talking about the Fast and Furious naming conventions. So it goes, The Fast and the Furious. Uh, too Fast, Too Furious. The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Then just Fast and Furious. Yeah. Then Fast Five. <laughs> then, um, then oh, I can't remember what the sixth one is. Um, it's the Fast and the Furious Save Christmas. It's <laughs> the fastest and the furious. It's just um, the furriest. Yeah. This. What is the sixth one? The. Um, I. It's fast. I think it's just. Fa- I don't know. I can't remember the sixth one, but the seventh <laughs> one is is um, the Furious Seven. <laughs> and then the fate of the furious which i personally believe should have been the fast and the furious eight um fast and furious three the furious seven two <laughs> the fate of the furious Kramer. <laughs> anyway iron man two was released may 7th 2010 uh rated pg-13 uh, it cost $200 million and it took in $623 million. So it made a few bucks. God. Worth it. Yes, it yeah. Uh, the third MCU movie. And so this probably solidified it. I think this was probably the beginning of when people started taking the MCU seriously. It's definitely when they started taking the interconnectedness seriously. Um, yeah, that's a good point. There's a lot more there's a lot more Easter eggs going on in this than there were in the first two. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, it definitely, um, yeah, the interconnected universe definitely had a lot more going on for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the first real building block heading in a direction. Everything else yeah. was like, possibly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sewer Punisher. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't that movie. Uh, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, cause yeah, we've got more Nick Fury. We've got black widow. Um, we've got references to all three of the other, um, big four Avengers. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's, it's a, it, it was a major building block towards the MCU in general, for sure. Um, so guys, I was wondering, would you like to play the box office top 10 game? Mm-hmm. And how? <laughs> Does Iron Man piss in his suit? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't worry. It's processed through the thigh pads. Yeah, I was going to make a dude reference to that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because he was talking about there's a filtration system you can drink it. (laughs) Like, it's definitely in the thigh pads. (laughs) Um, uh, You just eject it like a plane does when he's, he's way up in the air. Oh my god, just, just frozen out. waste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to play that game. Alright, here we go. Um, Iron Man 2, I'm not even going to make you um, guess where it opened, because, I mean, it, it clearly opened at number one. I mean, it's it's an Iron Man movie. <laughs> so, um, I won't make you guess that. We'll just jump into the counting down. This is the game where the guys try to guess what movie I'm describing by... Uh, 
the description. I read them from Box Office Mojo. I will leave out any uh, proper nouns and such as necessary to hide the identity of the film in question. Uh, well, then we're just doing the, the um, top nine. So should we do from 11 down to still keep it a top 10? <laughs> I'll read. I'll do number 11 if you want. <laughs> the top 11. I love the game so much. Number 11 this week. An ecological drama documentary filmed throughout the globe. <laughs> part thriller, part meditation on the vanishing wonders of the subaquatic world. I have never heard of this prior. Subaquatic world. It is called Not Seas, Not Lakes, Not Rivers, but Estuaries. Oceans. The movie. <laughs> Al gets it. Oceans. What? One wet. You said Nazis, and I immediately thought you were talking about Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that body of water. Yep. Uh, Al gets seven points for all seven seas that the sailors sailed. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> vast. Uh, coming in at number ten this week. A CIA special forces team are betrayed and left for dead by their superiors, galvanizing them to mount an offensive on the CIA. The 18th? Mm. No. Mm. Um, <laughs> this is, I think this is like a comedy action. Oh. <laughs> uh, Black Hawk Up. <laughs> uh, Red Sparrow Sideways. Um, it's called The Losers. <laughs> oh. I don't remember it. Um, all right. <laughs> oh, God. This is a weird week. All right, coming in at number nine. A look at one year in the life of four infants from around the world, from Mongolia to Namibia to San Francisco to Tokyo. Hmm. <laughs> in a London town of Gogo. Babies, the movie? Yes! I don't know. Yes, that's right. It's called Babies. Ocean. Babies. Wow, this year oh. we're into. You get one Doc. tiny little point. <laughs> oh, better than a baby. Yeah. Oh, God. A little fontanelle. Yeah. <sighs> okay, coming in at number eight. Um, well, we had this already. Um, a uh, funeral ceremony turns into a debacle of exposed family secrets and misplaced bodies. Death at a funeral? Yes, indeed. You get a point at a funeral, Al. To pick it up, you must go to the cemetery. And spend the night. You must sit shiver. Um, coming in at number seven, Perseus, demigod, son of Zeus, battles the minions of the underworld <laughs> to stop them from conquering heaven and earth. <laughs> what are the first few words again? Perseus, demigod, son of Zeus. Huh? The hardest working man in show business. Esquire. <laughs> this was Clash of the Titans. Mm-hmm. The titans of business. <laughs> yeah. Industry. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming in at numbers. Oh, yeah, Al, you get, um, you get, I don't know. You, you, you get a mechanical owl. <laughs> yeah. Can I, can you get, get to have a, sex with a goose. <laughs> I get a three-headed point. You, you do out. You get you get a point with lots of. But if you look at it, you're going to turn oh. to stone. Oh my god! That word for word. That's what I was waiting to say. <laughs> you look at the point. 
Um, coming in at number, oh God, this movie, number six this week. In the Oregon wilderness, a real estate developer's new housing subdivision faces a unique group of protesters, the local woodland creatures, who don't want their homes disturbed. <laughs> they went through the proper channels to protest. This stars Brendan Fraser, and it looks like an animatronic raccoon. <laughs> Do woodland oh. creatures get protection under the Constitution? Right. <laughs> Eminent domain, does that count? Yeah, like right to yeah. assembly, does that count if you're a gnome or a fairy? Brand, brand this was uh, based on that comic strip. <clears throat> Over no, no, the no, head? No, no, it's not that one out. No. This is not oh, animated. Okay. <laughs> this is live action. What? All right. Um, it's called Furry Vengeance. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> that movie has been remade multiple times in the decades since. Mm-hmm. A totally different plot. I'm just so shocked, gonna... shocked it didn't star Ice Cube, honestly. They're true. Yeah, you're in the Oregon wilderness, there was held a slapdash music festival. <laughs> uh, uh, coming in at number five, a woman conceives twins through artificial insemination then meets the man of her dreams on the very same day. <laughs> Just a big day for her, I guess. Well, yeah. What a hell of a break. Uh, was it the doctor? Starring J-Lo <laughs> and uh, I don't know who that guy is. It's, it's not uh, McConaughey, though. So It's uh, you know, cheaper by the couple. Suspiria? I don't know what these movies are called. The wedding made to plan order. Uh, no, it's the backup plan. Oh, the backup. The backup. So do they ever reveal what the plan B is? Just leaving the kids in a parking lot? Well, pl- I think it's technically plan B. <laughs> plan B is plan B, Josh. No, but what? All right. <laughs> yeah, the movie is just over the first twenty-four hours where she then decides to she gets artificially go. inseminated, Wait. then takes Plan B. <laughs> Jesus Christ! On the same day, that's how artificial insemination works. It's instantaneous. <laughs> uh, that's very expensive. Yeah, yeah, it is. yeah. <laughs> Transformation like the Hulk or something, because there's instantly a baby in you. What? <laughs> It's gotta be weird. I just imagine. I just imagine J Lo being like a, a a human mech suit for a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't understand how pregnancy works. <laughs> Definitely involves mech mech suit. The baby. <laughs> no, no, no. Is fully sentient upon insemination. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> making the baby involves mech suits in my experience, but. <laughs> I always dress like a furry raccoon and call Brendan Fraser. <laughs> you dress like a raccoon. That's how I always get pregnant. Call me Brendan Fraser. <laughs> That's how you always get pregnant. <laughs> All right, coming in at number uh, number four. Okay, um, in New York City, a case of mistaken identity turns a bored couple's attempt at a glamorous romantic evening into something more thrilling and dangerous. We had this last time. Um, start, Late Luke. night. Yep. With Liz Lemon and Michael Scott. Um, <laughs> uh, if you if you start if you start any sentence with Liz Lemon, 
what follows is instantly 10 times funnier. Even if it's like, Liz Lemon, I want breakfast. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Uh, number three. A hapless young Viking. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dragon <laughs> player or train. How to train your dragon. Yeah. How to train your dragon in 40 days. <laughs> what was that? How to, how, how, to, to lose a dragon how to lose a dragon in 10 days. <laughs> Number two. Oh, interesting. The specter of a disfigured man haunts the children of the parents who murdered him. <laughs> Naturally. Stalking and killing them in their dreams. Oh, Freddy X. That'd be awesome. A Nightmare on M Street, the remake. The remake one, yeah. Um, They they did a cold remake of this? They did a straight-up remake of it, yeah. And and a Uh, sequel, I believe. I think so. But yeah, like uh, Zombie has done with Halloween. Yeah. Total new. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was not great from what I understand. I didn't. I bet they kept it. the sweater the same color and everything. People oh, I mean, are so weird. Yeah, you have to. Why? The- well, and it takes place in our pre- or in the present time when it was made. So that means that like these these parents set that dude on fire in like '96. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. What's I mean? Like, well, let's just it- burn them in a basement. All right. <laughs> They'll never catch us. Never. Uh, it's crazy how much more Wild West the 70s was than the 90s. Yeah. Yes. It's uh, true. Early 70s, just like, just burn that motherfucker. No one will care. Shoot him. I said burn. Uh, and, of course, at number one, with the world now aware of his identity as Iron Man, Tony Stark must contend with both his declining health and a vengeful madman with ties to his father's legacy. And that's uh, The Godfather Part (laughs) 2 Michael Corleone had a Mecha suit Yeah (laughs) He would get all the licenses for those casinos in Vegas You're breaking my heart, Happy (laughs) I know it was you I know it was you Oh my gosh. Oh man. Oh, that is the box office top 10. Uh, that brings us to the character and comic background, Mr. Alaric Weber. It is Hi, your guys. time to shine. <laughs> All right. So, obviously, we talked about Tony Stark and Iron Man in the first one and Pepper Potts. We skimmed over James Rhodey Rhodes because um, he played a bit of a bigger part in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he first appeared in Iron Man number 118, January of 1979. Cool. He was a combat pilot shot down in Vietnam. Uh, he meets Iron Man in his prototype suit, having just escaped from the Vietnamese prison camp. Mm. Uh, after fighting their way to safety, Tony Stark visits Rhodes at the base hospital and offers him a job in thanks for helping Iron Man. Um, Al, if I if I may, I would like to point out that in the comic in which Rhodey and um, Tony met in the jungles of Vietnam, uh-huh. um, Rhodey comes across Tony dressed in his full Mark I Iron Man suit. Yes. Wearing a fedora and trench coat. 
yeah, to, right. to stay <laughs> to stay discreet in the jungle. Of, of course, <laughs> that's that's awesome. Um, after the war was over, Rhodes engaged in some mercenary work and then finally accepted Stark's offer, becoming his personal pilot and chief aviation engineer at Stark International and one of Tony's closest friends. Hmm. He hired his closest friend. <laughs> Little Tony can't group. make friends. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, Rhodes, he first donned the Iron Man armor in Iron Man number 170, May of 1983. This was, uh, I believe, during the Demon in a Bottle storyline. It, um, it, it was after, it was actually after the official Demon in a Bottle storyline. That run, okay. that ran only during 79, but like the whole Tony being alcoholic went on for quite a few years. So it was up and down. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, but it was uh, during. Uh, one of Tony's relapses into alcoholism. Uh, Stark asked Rhodes to take over as Iron Man. Um, and he fought as Iron Man in the Secret Wars and became a charter member of the West Coast Avengers. Hmm. Rhodey's stint as Iron Man did not last as the armor's helmet was tailored to Stark's specific brainwaves. <laughs> so oh, he, brainwaves. He got oh. uh, vicious headaches and... Uh, uh, became more aggressive and mm. rash and whatnot. His first appearance as War Machine was in Iron Man number 282 in July of 1992. They kind of um, referenced the headache thing um, in Tony in Civil War, where, you know, Cap is like, he already made his decision. Tony's like, I have a magnetic headache, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and he was all grumpy and shit. Anyways, cool. Um, so, in 92, Stark designed the variable threat response battlesuit Model 16 Mark I, nicknamed War Machine, a more heavily armed armor designed for all-out warfare. After Stark's apparent death, Rhodes was left in control of Stark Enterprises as CEO. Stark also left him a version of War Machine designed specifically for Rhodes to continue the Iron Man legacy. Upon the revelation that news of Stark's death was greatly exaggerated, <laughs> Tony wanted Rhodey to keep the new suit um, as it was made specifically for him, and Rhodey accepted adopting the name War Machine so they could fight side by side. <laughs> a couple of silver spoons. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to Whiplash, which I don't think they call him no. Whiplash in this movie. Uh, there were several versions of the Whiplash character appearing in Marvel Comics as far back as January of 68. Huh? Uh, this was weird, and I couldn't... Uh, Anyway, the, the Anton Vanko version of Whiplash debuted in Iron Man versus Whiplash number one, January of 2010. So, okay, I actually I actually saw a bit about this. Um, Ivan Vanko. Awesome. Anton Vanko was Ivan's dad. Yes, but in the comics, his name was Anton. They called him Anton. So, yeah. um, Whiplash was just a, he was usually just a hired goon, often mm -hmm. of Justin Hammer. But yeah. um, the, well, yeah. but the uh, um, he didn't exist as 
um, this version of Whiplash until the film. He, okay. he wasn't a Russian guy. He was just like a, a New York kind of street level crook. Right. Uh, that's, uh, this was uh, uh, Anton Venko was the sixth version of Whiplash. Oh, wow. Um, so, and uh, so that was uh, 2010. Uh, Anton Vanko was a young scientist from a Russian village that is attacked by someone wearing a stolen Iron Man suit in an attempt to frame Tony Stark. Okay, that makes more sense. That, okay. Anton's father, Igor, was killed. Igor? Igor? Igor. Um, Igor. Anton... <laughs> Anton manages to shoot the chest plate off the imposter with a specialized rifle. Mm. He then uses the chest plate to reverse engineer an armor suit equipped with energy whips. He vows to kill Stark to avenge his father. Oh, okay. Uh, Vanko attacks Stark in the prison where he's being held for his alleged crimes. Stark fights him off with a crude Iron Man suit fashioned from various prison machines and flees, <laughs> to, flees to track down the criminal syndicate that framed him. Mm -hmm. Even after Vanko learns of Stark's innocence, uh, he still blames Tony, saying that while Tony himself did not destroy the village, his technology did. He's like, look, I just don't like the dude, all right? <laughs> Is that what you want? I don't like his face. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and yes, in the uh, in the film, Anton Vanko was the father who dies, while the vengeful son is named Ivan. Did um did you have anything about Anton Vanko prior to the Whiplash era, Al? Um, wasn't there a different character, Anton Vanko, who was Crim Crimson Dynamo? Crimson Dynamo, yeah. Oh, yeah. but that was a that was not the same guy. No relation. Um, <laughs> he did a 23 and me. Well, my understanding was that they adapted that Anton Vanko into the film mm -hmm. and then using the Anton Vanko from the Anton slash Ivan Vanko from the film adapted that into the Anton Vanko whiplash character, which they introduced well, into the comics. Okay. And they had to be Russian or Eastern block. I mean, right. Yeah. That, because of the Cold well, War shit that yeah. his dad was involved yeah. with and Vanko was in, yeah. Yeah, well, and the Crimson Dynamo was essentially Soviet Iron Man. Yeah, that's right. I used to have um, those handbooks of the Marvel Universe. I don't know what ever happened to them. Uh, let's see. Natalia Alyano Natalia Alyanovna Romanova, a.k.a. Natasha Romanoff, <laughs> a.k.a. AKA Black Widow. Onions. Uh, she was created by Stan Lee, Don Rico, and Don Heck. First appeared in Tales of Suspense number 52, April of 1964. This was just 13 months after Iron Man's debut. Wow. She was introduced as a Russian spy and antagonist to Iron Man, uh, later defected to the U.S., becoming an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. and a member of the Avengers. Her immune system is enhanced by biotechnology to slow aging and speed healing. Wow. She wears specialized weapons gauntlets that house a grappling hook, gas pellets, explosives, and the widow's bite taser. Yeah. And a nail file. <laughs> <laughs> and a bottle of old Harper and a... <laughs> 
Uh, Romanoff is an expert tactician, hand-to-hand combatant, and marksman. She is also an accomplished ballerina. <laughs> Makes a great tuna casserole. Moving on to Justin Hammer. First appeared <laughs> in Iron Man number 120, March of 1979, created by David Michelini, John Romita Jr., and Bob Layton as a cautionary tale of what Tony Stark might have become if he had stayed on his path as a global war profiteer. Stark and Hammer are essentially in the same line of work, (laughs) but with diametrically opposed moral views. Visually, Justin Hammer was a tribute to actor Peter Cushing. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Born in Surrey, England. (laughs) And And his well-publicized hatred of Iron Man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Peter Cushing. Uh, like if there's one born, thing I cannot stand, <laughs> it is that red and yellow fool. <laughs> Justin Hammer was born in Surrey, England, and later became a citizen of Monaco. He was a business rival of Tony Stark, who took to financing the criminal exploits of many supervillain enemies of Iron Man, developing and replacing their weaponry and equipment and paying their bail should they get caught. All of this in exchange for a mere 50% cut of all the crime profits and a contractual obligation to fulfill missions against Hammer's competitors. Mm. It's just good business. Yeah, It's a a good character. He makes sense. You know what I mean? It's like when they sometimes, and they never have fleshed it out movies or whatever, but when... There's always, when there's someone to challenge Wayne Enterprises, it's interesting. Well, yeah, and this is interesting Jagged. too because he's such a lame version of Tony Stark. Yeah. Like he right. can't, he can't even like get the cool like stagemanship down. <laughs> can't yeah. land a joke. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Billionaire probably still pays for sex. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, um, that does that cover it with for our characters, Al? That's all I know about that. All right. Um, I brief. Well, I just briefly wanted to um, to uh, spend a minute on the demon in a bottle um, plotline um, yeah. because it does feature rather famously feature in Iron Man two. Um, it's not a one. It's not even close to a one to one retelling. It's it's just kind of peripheral to the film. But um, yeah. Uh, so the. Demon in the Bottle is about Tony Stark's alcoholism, and it kind of kickstarted what became a character trait in him for the next 20 years. Um, it ran from March to November 1979. And basically what happens is one day Tony's attacked out when he's flying around out at sea. Um, so him and Namor, uh, he thinks Tony thinks Namor attacked him. So he fights Namor. <laughs> um <laughs> Then it turns out it wasn't Namor at all. It turns out it was Justin Hammer, um, who has a secret island. So him and Namor go and fight Justin Hammer. Um, it turns out he's he's mining vibranium, um, and he fights. He loses his uh, his armor and has to fight Justin hand to hand, which isn't a big deal because Justin Hammer's kind of a big pussy. <laughs> but um, Peter Cushing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, he does at this point. Um, Justin Hammer is employing several. Uh, street level uh, super villains. We got Blizzard, the Melter, and Whiplash. Huh. Um, yeah. So uh, he escapes from Hammer, um, 
gets back. And then at this point, he finds out that Hammer was hacking into his Iron Man suit. He ends up accidentally murdering a senator. Um, Everybody's like, please, Hammer, don't hurt him. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is also the part where Obadiah Stane is trying to take control of his company. Mm-hmm. So there's some Iron Man 1 in here also in the Demon in the Bottle series. But um, yeah, basically, uh, um, uh, it it ends with him trying to get a hold on his uh, alcoholism, but it doesn't take for a long time. Yeah, it's tough, man. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's the basics of uh, this. Um, thanks, Al, for the character um, rundowns there. Um, brings You're us welcome. to the film itself. Um, it was again directed by John Favreau, who directed the first Iron Man. The screenplay was by Justin Theroux. Yeah, I love Jennifer that. Aniston's husband, Mr. Jennifer mm-hmm. Aniston. That's right. Um, yeah. I like him a lot. Yeah, he's written he's written quite a few movies actually. Um, yeah. Tropic Thunder, I think that's his other big yeah. one. Yeah, for sure that he's known for. Um, Which was right after this, right? Uh, yeah, about right. shortly, shortly thereafter. Um, yeah, um, of course he's probably better known as a, uh, oh, he also wrote Rock of Ages. Hmm. Um, oh. yeah. He, he's in a comedy called Wanderlust and he's hilarious in it. Yeah. Um, he was pretty good in The Leftovers. Yeah, he was. Uh, um, and yeah, he's better known as as an actor. I mean, he was in Mulholland Drive. <laughs> he played the evil DJ in Zoolander. Oh, he also wrote Zoolander yeah. too. Oh no, he was the oh. evil DJ in Zoolander. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah, yeah. god. <laughs> uh huh. Um, yeah. So, um, uh, he was uh also the evil DJ in Zoolander too. Zoolander two was not a good movie. Um, oh my god he was that's right i forgot he was the master code breaker in star wars the last jedi the one they didn't get and they accidentally got benicio del toro instead oh, with the red flower and his uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah interesting and he was the voice of dropkick in the bumblebee movie that's where i know him from yeah <laughs> we'll see him again as ethan chase and joker hmm. um Let's see. We got uh, uh, RDJ returns as Iron Man. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow returns as Pepper Potts. We got Don Cheadle taking over the role of James Rhodey Rhodes. It was played by Terrence Howard in the first film. Um, So basically what happened was in the first film, Terrence Howard had the biggest paycheck. Oh. Then Iron Man became what Iron Man was, and every Robert Downey Jr. got a huge raise, and they said, well, Terrence Howard, we don't want to pay you more than Robert Downey Jr. Oh. And he said, no, you are going to. And they said, well, no, we're just <laughs> going to buy your contract out and recast the role. Wow. And that's the story of how Don Cheadle... Got a ten-year multi-picture deal with Marvel Studios. He's really such an improvement. Absolutely, he fits in a comic book movie much better. Terrence Howard is a real-life drama type actor. He was a bad fit for the role. 
Um, Don Cheadle is way better um, for this role. Not not to <laughs> malign Terrence Howard. He's he does some great work, He's a but great I, actor. but I yeah. I don't think that uh, his turn as Rhodes was great. <laughs> it's a totally a bewitched Darren thing. Yeah, um, Scarlett Johansson. As Natasha Romanoff, aka Black Widow, uh, Scarjo, <laughs> to her friends. Um, <laughs> um, she's got her start um, as a child actress. <laughs> as a child, she got her start as a child. Started out as a child. Her first Reverse fi- Benjamin Button. Yeah. Um, her first role was in was in that movie North with a. Uh, um what's his Elijah face Wood. yeah frodo um then she was in uh oh a bunch of movies of lucy fell i remember that one um she was the star of home alone three she played the macaulay culkin role what she played macaulay culkin yeah so, <laughs> as kevin McCall's home alone i know 3. that she's taken some controversial roles but wow <laughs> home alone three is an insane movie um there's like this whole uh there's this whole plot where like, there's like, they're not just robbers. They're like international terrorists. And like, they're just, like, it, it's <laughs> insane. Fuck? Yeah. It's diehard. Yeah. The home yeah. alone franchise went off the rails. Um, you know, she was in, okay. So scar Joe, she was in the horse whisperer. Um, ghost world is where I first noticed her. Yes. Um, and she, I noticed her. Yeah. Uh, eight legged freaks. And of course, lost in translation. Um, great mm. movie. Um, yeah. Girl with the pearl earring. That yeah, was all right. Um, they mentioned Lost in Translation in this. They kind of hmm. pointed at it a little bit. Interesting. Um, yeah. Then, of course, you know, she she's Scarlett Johansson. Everyone knows who she is. I don't need to go any further with her. Um, now she's Mrs. Colin Jost. Oh, that's right. I forgot about <laughs> that. Um, and we did already talk about her in, from The Spirit. Oh, I forgot. You're right. I forgot she was right. in The Spirit. Damn. Okay. Uh, Sam Rockwell. (laughs) Love him. (laughs) That dude is crazy. Um, he, uh, he's one of those guys that's been around for so much longer than people remember. Um, he was in, uh, he was the head thug in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We talked about him then. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, briefly. Um, you know, just, uh, Throughout the '90s, he didn't get a name for himself. He was always playing like the third dude. He was the 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 douchebag guard in the Green Mile. He was in Galaxy Quest, um, Charlie's Angels, um, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, and uh, he played Zaphod Beeblebrox in the 2005 Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, got his Oscar, I believe, from three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Oh yeah, I think he's. I think he's great. I think he's totally entertaining. He he's one of my me, favorite actors. Same. He reminds yeah. me of like Walton Goggins, for example, where it's you can tell he's an actor's actor. Yeah, for sure. He had worked with Favreau a couple of times before this, um, mm. in some weird roles where they had acted together. Hmm. Yeah, um, I forget the names of the movies, but I, I watched some of the behind the scenes stuff, and he was like, "That's why I called him." Remember when we acted in all those terrible movies together? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, his Justin Hammer portrayal has a quite a bit of his Charlie's Angels character. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Um, yeah, no, I love, I love Rockwell. He's he's always fun. Um, we got. I, I can't remember when I mentioned it before, but I remember talking about this. Uh, he played the Batman in a seven-minute short film called Robin's Big Date. <laughs> I'm glad that last word was date. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, when uh, let's see, Justin Long was Robin. Robin oh. tries. Robin tries to go on a date without the Batman ruining it. Nice. I see, yeah, I remember this. Yeah, I remember you telling us about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, all right, so we got Mickey Rourke as Whiplash. Ivan Vanko. His first film was 1941. I didn't. What? Know. Yeah, he played Private Reese. I. He's, wow. He's been around a while. I knew that, but I didn't know 1941. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know he's old, but damn. Yeah. <laughs> not, I mean, not the movie, not in the year 1941, the film 1941. Oh, Steven Spielberg's 1941, which was made in 1979. Shit, I still never watched that. Okay, so yeah. many you gotta watch it, man. It is crazy. Oh, I um, you guys had mentioned that a while back. Shishiro yeah. Mufuni's in it. It's yeah, it's pretty cool. Slim Pickens, yeah, uh, it's insane. Um, he was in Heaven's Gate, Body Heat. Um, which that movie is crazy. Yeah. Um, Diner, Rumblefish. He was an he was like the eighties guy. Nine and a half weeks. And so he most certainly partied with Robert Downey Jr. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. They definitely knew each other in the eighties when they were both all coked up and crazy, for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they were. He really, really went downhill at some point in the nineties. Um, and then backed up. Well, yeah, then he came back up and now he's looks like he's made out of wax. Um, but yeah, that's weird. But he won some for the wrestler, right? Or was nominated. He was not. I he, thought he won. I think he got a Golden Globe. I don't think he got the Oscar, though. I think he was definitely mm-hmm. nominated. He's one of those actors that's been around, you know, as long as I noticed <laughs> actors. And I've always thought he was, I've always liked him, but I was never sure exactly why. <laughs> Yeah. If that well, makes any sense. Yeah, no, no, you know? absolutely. Um and well and he actually did some boxing. So oh, yeah. Yeah. his his Still face does. actually legitimately got messed up. So he looks way different than he did in the eighties. Yeah. If you Google yeah. pictures of him today, it is wild. He always has a dog. It's really the same dog. And he carries a purse, which is rad. I yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's very interesting. He carries a purse. I love that shit. I love that he's a big burly dude. He's like, no, nah, I Oh, yeah. pockets, man. I what? have more. Yeah, because his pants are always way too tight for pockets. Yes, yes. He is all his upper body is like five times as wide as his legs are. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. I forgot that he was Marvin Sin City. Oh, that's yeah. right. Oh, yep. Oh, that's right. Crap. Wow. Okay. Uh, we got Sam Jackson rounding out the cast as Nick Fury. Uh, John Favreau's back is happy. Uh, Clark Gregg is back as phil colson um john slattery is howard stark mr madman um perfect yeah he's perfect casting yeah he's perfect as howard stark and gary shandling as senator stern may rest in peace gary Um, yeah Oh, that in dude. the docu in the hbo documentary about his life jed apatow made um the zen diaries yes exactly he talks, um, Favreau talks about 
Gary, like they offered it to him. That's who they wanted to do it. But like how endearing it was because Gary was just so nervous and so like, can we do it again? I want to make sure it's good kind of thing. He said it was so sweet. <laughs> well, and th- that whole sequence is improv. That makes sense. Yeah. Like everything that Gary did yeah. was, yeah, they just let him riff. That's perfect. That's he totally awesome. seemed, yeah, he pulled off asshole chair or committee chair so well. So much of these movies is improvised, but that scene in particular, that blew my mind because it came off so naturalistic, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the yes, dear thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't have it. Gotcha. Yeah. Shandling and Robert Downey Jr. riffing off each other was probably the best part of the movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. Fuck you, the, buddy. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the metal scene at the end, put pinning the metals on. Yeah. Yeah, Gary. I love Gary. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, he one of my favorite things from the the like extra footage is there's a shot where they're in Monaco. Um, and I don't think they're actually in Monaco, they're in LA probably doing mm-hmm. the test stuff for the shots of Whiplash getting yeah. hit by the car where he right. whips the car in half, but it's Gary. He's like, I must have read the wrong page on the script. I don't know what I'm doing here. Why do you keep hitting me with this car? And That's he's just great. in his like civilian clothes. It was the funniest thing. Uh, it made it's me laugh bad. so hard. Um, our producer, one of our producers, Jojo Birchtree, uh, his aunt Bernadette was on the Gary Shandling, Shandling show. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and she's married to George Went, incidentally. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, well, yeah, and you know, Gary Shandling lived in Tucson, uh, That's went to right. the U of A. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, wow. He's not, yeah, I heard he was a big sweetheart that everybody generally loved the guy, like, there was no, mm-hmm. yeah. His younger brother had a condition, I can't remember if it was respiratory or whatever, but it was a situation where, like, the dry air west would be better. So, yeah, he moved here when he was like four until wow. he was an adult, yeah. Um, so uh, we've got a few cameos. Uh, Elon Musk showed up. Um, Chris that was so weird. I know. <laughs> but he wasn't all fat and yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Christian Amanpour, Bill O'Reilly, Adam Goldstein um, as the DJ guys. Um, DJ AM. Yeah, DJ AM. Um, then uh, we also have Kate Mara. And Olivia Munn in like yes. these weird tiny cameo roles. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we see Leslie Bibb again, and she's actually Sam Rockwell's wife. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. I forgot mm-hmm. they're married. Yeah. Um, that rounds out our uh, our uh, production there. Um, this movie has seventy two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <laughs> I just have one, um, one, uh, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, review to read. Owen <laughs> writes, can we please, for the love of God, stop pretending this is a bad movie. I went a little more <laughs> there. I'm sorry. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all I, I can stand and I can't stand no more. I am right there with him. Uh, yeah. I love this movie. It's true. Yeah. Um, I'm torn on it. There's a lot great here. Um, I think its reputation isn't maybe quite what it deserves. 
But I have some unresolved questions for sure. Oh, I have some questions, hmm. but I don't think they affect the movie itself. They're they're larger Marvel universe oh, MCU. Oh, questions. I don't have a lot of MCU questions. I have a lot of movie specific questions. <laughs> Interesting. I'm yeah. curious. Andrea just Andrea just sent a, a great comment uh, for our listeners. She calls it Favreau Burgers. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. Burgers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, so, all right, guys, that brings us to it. Are we ready to jump into the movie? Yes. I want my bird. You complete me. <laughs> my bird. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny to say uh, from a guy who wears armor. <laughs> you know, right. The com- his complete armor. <laughs> uh, here we go. This is Iron Man 2. We open... In Russia, on TV, Tony Stark is announcing to the world that he is Iron Man. Uh, we meet an old Russian guy named Anton Venko. He dies. His son. Yeah, and is it just me, or does he seem like he's perhaps at the appropriate age to be sick and dying? I know radiation was involved. They sort of alluded to, but you know his his need for vengeance and his raw. It's just like my father died in an appropriate time. <laughs> Die. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty old because Mickey yeah. Rourke's not because Ivan's not a young man himself. <laughs> yeah, you look at Mickey Rourke. He he had me when he was 15. Um <laughs> he's like, I'm I'm 25 years old. Well, I assume that he had just had a hard, hard life in Russia. <laughs> yeah, he has reasons to hate the Starks, but it's just funny that it's just <laughs> I don't know. No, his his it, yeah, his father didn't really suffer an early death. <laughs> the life yeah. itself leading up nefarious. to Yeah. If things had gone different, he would have died in the lap of luxury. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. a softer bed. Surrounded yeah. by cockatiels. <laughs> so many cockatiels. <laughs> Russian cockatiels. Yeah. <sighs> um all right, so Ivan mourns. Then he begins carrying on his father's work, which seems to be connected <laughs> to Stark Industries. Yeah, <laughs> He's Darth Vader, Revenge of the Sith. No! And then we fade to the Stark. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Listen, I screamed. Yeah, and now well, I do science." And I loved his reveal. It was a corner doorway reveal. <laughs> Just, he turns around. You know, we've seen hat reveals and shit. He's well, just like, I'm standing in this corner. Well, okay, so yeah, that was funny because he, well, he was just, yeah, he was just like leaning up against a door the whole time. He's like, my dad's dying. I'm just going to hang out here next to the door. Right. He's like, I'm not a doctor. Yeah, I have an yeah, electrical engineering degree. The hell I'm, am I supposed to do? I'm waiting for Uber <laughs> Eats. <laughs> <laughs> just peering through the eye hole just waiting oh man um so all right he ends up creating an arc reactor um through his uh his uh title credits uh scene he has the original plans mm-hmm. too yeah. yeah that his dad he, smuggled back with him he puts it together with stuff he has around his lab or garage or something which begs the question why not have made an arc reactor earlier yeah Yes. It was a lot of work, but it didn't <laughs> yes. seem impossible for him. Yes, um, it seemed like it took him maybe six. It, well, no, we we get a time skip. Uh, maybe six weeks, right? Six months. Six months six tops. Months. Uh-huh. So, but he was able to. So it's like, yeah, why not? Previously, huh. yeah. Um, motivation, I guess. I guess. 
maybe seeing it on Tony Stark made all the difference. It was a, oh, no, um, you didn't moment. Yeah. <laughs> Not, you stole that from my daddy. Nuh-uh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we cut to the title card. And then six months later, uh, we cut to Stark Expo in Flushing, New York. Beautiful Flushing. Oh, I, I wanted to yeah. say about the the Vanco thing. Um, the shots, they mirrored the shots from Iron Man 1, almost yeah. shot for shot. Yeah. Over the, the shoulder and, like, the little hand motions and stuff. The in the cave yeah. shots, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very much. Yeah, showing that they were mirror image of each other. Ivan Bank though built this with a crate full of scraps in a Russian apartment with only a cockatiel as an assistant. <laughs> I wish he'd made a, the cockatiel a tiny little <laughs> iron oh, man suit. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, a note that I came across, um, the, the tattoos and the, the, the metal teeth, Mm -hmm. um, and the cockatoo were all Mickey Rourke's ideas. And he, he actually, he paid his own money, uh, to get that in the movie. Um, he thought it would, (laughs) he thought it would humanize the character, uh, having, Having the cockatoo. Wait, mm-hmm. wait, wait, wait. Attachment to the bird. They, the quirks. They made him pay for his own yeah. cockatoo. <laughs> like, Look, we don't have bird money. <laughs> like Downey's getting all of the bird money. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I want an owl. Mickey Rourke's like, God damn it. <laughs> you can't handle the owl. Okay, sorry. Um, you said no birds. Uh, um, so Tony flies in to Stark Expo. It's the big opening thing. He takes the stage to the adoring crowd. I liked how um, for a second we almost think he's dropping into a war zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he gets hit by one of the fireworks on the way down. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, um, there was a deleted scene of this where he is having a full-blown throwing up in the toilet panic attack mm. and then pepper mm. walks in and talks him into jumping. And that's like in the trailer, we see the scene where she kisses the helmet. That's not in the actual, the actual movie. Um, but after having just thrown up, he asks her a kiss for good luck. <laughs> uh, again, um, I'm beating but, a horse, but the vomit is processed in his suit. In the thigh pads. <laughs> But yeah, it made me think like, damn, how much PTSD were they trying to put on Tony before anything even really happened? Right. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, he was just stressed about talking to the crowd, which was funny. But he had that Tony Stark bravado that's trademarked to him. But Mm -hmm. you contrast that again with Civil War a little. Is it Civil War? Yes. Um, Where he has another sort of expo type thing and uh, then gives everybody a grant. Yeah, it's just in contrast to the like showmanship, badassness, yeah. and more. You know, like oh, I'm, I'm recognizing other people <laughs> have lives and stakes. Interesting. Uh, so the, they they do the evolution well. Yeah. No, yeah. they do. No, throughout these movies, Tony's arc is great. <laughs> it's I'm glad really they cut great. the the stress about that because it shows him developing in other ways. And so yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Right. Um, so, and also, um, th- there's, at first I was wondering how long this expo was going on. And then yeah. my second watch through, I figured out that they mentioned that it's a year long. So it's kind of a world's fair type world's deal. Fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause at first I thought it was like, you know, like a long weekend, like Comic-Con 
or something. Right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, and Stark, uh, the Elder Stark, um, it, it looked like one of those um, wonderful World of Disney presentations when Walt yeah. would walk around the oh, city of the future. Yes, they got the guy. Ah, fuck, I forget his name. Who did like the bewitched music to do the music for Tomorrowland? Oh, hmm. wild. wow! Wow! Yeah. So when you see Howard Stark talk, that's actual like orchestration from the 50s and 60s. Wow. Oh, that's so cool. Um, that's yeah, no, the Howard Stark is giving me major Walt Disney vibes in this with yeah. newsreels, um, or footage. <laughs> Favreau makes a good movie, uh, yeah, just he does. He, he finds good inspiration, I think. Absolutely. He allows that shit to happen. It's true, yeah. Um, so, all right. Uh, we find out this is the first Stark Expo since 1974. Then uh, backstage, he takes a blood test. It's 19% toxic. <laughs> uh, and 20%. Oops, I did it again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it was a cool element. That Tony is possibly dying behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. It's one yeah. of the many, <laughs> many lines of conflict <laughs> in this film. Um, so uh, on his way out, he's served a subpoena to appear before the Senate Armed Services Committee the next day. We had our Stan Lee cameo uh, yeah. where he's <laughs> he's mistaken for Larry King. Yes. <laughs> oh, the last one was Hugh Hefner, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, Ralph Ellison is another billionaire that was in this movie, the Oracle of Oracle. He's in oh. the stairwell as he's coming down. Okay, which is interesting. Hmm. Uh, who yeah. who is still a billionaire, I'm sure, but not nearly as wealthy as like Elon Musk. Yeah, Elon Musk, by the way, paid tons of money to be in this movie. Of course he did. Of yep. course yeah. he did. He's hosting Saturday Night Live next month. Yeah, I heard that. And uh, With Miley Cyrus. Oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah, Why isn't his girlfriend or baby mama on the show oh yeah why well, isn't it grimes huh that would have been um, really weird though do you think that he had a clause with all the money that he gave them that there was no bird money <laughs> <laughs> or no that <laughs> he, was, he was like i'll be in the movie and i'll give you this money but no birds <laughs> no birds i'm not gonna say it again um, so, all right, Tony appears in front of the uh, Senate Armed Services Committee. Senator Stern questions him. He wants Tony to hand over the Iron Man suit to the government. Uh, Stern calls Justin Hammer as a witness. He's the government's primary weapon supplier. Um, <laughs> they call in Rhodey also. Uh, Tony insists there's no danger in his suit. No one's able to replicate his technology. We see that Justin Hammer's been trying as has oh, North that's Korea. Crazy, the, the, his his Iron Man suit that spit spun around. Oh man, oh, that was rough. I was like, oh, that hurt yeah. my body, man. Yeah. That still totally. does seeing it. Oh. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, and Hammer's maybe what 20, 30 years away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hammer's not oh. ready. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but just like a Senate committee, man, to only allow like redacted statements and shit like. You can mm -hmm. say this, Colonel Rhodes. You can't. It's like when a judge tells a jury to disregard something they just heard. Yeah, like, it's like, right? disregard it's nearly it. impossible. Right. I heard I know it. it now. I'm aware yeah. of it. Yeah. They did such a good job of capturing the hypocrisy in a situation like that yeah. without getting too deep into it, really. 
Yeah. Yeah. I loved how he delivered the line when he pounded on the desk. Like, you know, you want my property, you can't have it. And it's just like badass. Well, and the, the carefully crafted legal argument that a billionaire would have, it's a high tech prosthesis. It's a part yeah. of me. Yeah. Like, this is my hobby. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, okay. So, I mean, Improving. in the MCU, that's all great, but imagine a real life billionaire that built like a weapons drone that's just policing the world. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that would be terrifying. They, terrifying. Right. That's a, one of the arcs in the MCU. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's how we get Ultron. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. This leads directly into the Ultron stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. (laughs) So many problems, it's even unfathomable. Yeah. If if that existed in real life. Um, Yeah. and (laughs) But so would the Hulk, you know? (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, sure. (laughs) Well, and and Stark says it in the the one phrase, I have successfully privatized world peace. Mm -hmm. Like, yay, capitalism. That is fucking yeah. terrifying. Uh-huh. That's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it really That's is. It's like a Blackwater dream. Ugh. Totally. Yeah. Or uh, she, or whatever they're called now. I forget. <laughs> Disney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, in Russia, we see that Ivan has arc reactor whips. Um, back home in his lab, Tony's... <laughs> when a problem comes along. <laughs> <laughs> when Tony starts too strong. You must whip it. Uh, back home in his lab, Tony's blood toxicity is up to 24%. Although uh, Jarvis, or through Jarvis, we're told that Tony's being killed. But the palladium that powers, okay, the palladium that powers the arc reactor in his chest is killing him. Um, Pepper arrives. They argue for a while. Then he makes Pepper the CEO of Stark Enterprises. Back in Russia, Ivan gets himself a fake passport. Uh, that <laughs> it's a totally different picture. The person at customs is like, this person doesn't have big whips. <laughs> <laughs> to Pepper, he says the line, "It's you. It's always been you." Um, that was, yeah. Uh, that line was brought up again in uh, Endgame, was it? Yep. Oh yeah. yeah so. Aww. Yeah. Um, back in the States, uh, Pepper and Tony <laughs> back in the USSR because <laughs> <laughs> we keep going back there. We do. Uh, Pepper and Tony sign the paperwork while Tony and happy are boxing. We meet Natalie, yeah. Natalie Rushman yeah. who <laughs> modeled in Tokyo. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing. Yeah. She modeled in Tokyo. Well, that's her best alias. Well, no, I like. I think it's funny that um, Shield was basically like, I don't know, put some like beef, like some pictures up of her in underwear. Tony won't look any further. True. Um. So, all right. Uh. Sh- yeah, she's a Stark employee and legal aid. Tony has her box happy, <laughs> and she does that <laughs> leg spinny thing. Said she boxes sad. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson actually did that shit. Wow. She practiced that for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, trained for months and months and months and months. And that stunt, she did that. She kept John Favreau locked up so she could practice. (laughs) (laughs) He was probably not complaining. Um, Yeah, that's that's not actually John Favreau because she may have killed Favreau. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The stunt guy had to take that fall. Um, So Tony decides she's going to be his new personal assistant. 
Then the whole gang is heading off to the races in Monaco. The Monaco music is one of my favorite parts in this movie because the whole vibe shifts to be this like fun. You're like, what the hell's going on? What is this? It's a party now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, totally. Um, so in Monaco, Tony and the crew run into Justin Hammer. Um, at the last second, Tony decides he's going to uh, race one of the cars. Because now his blood toxicity is up to 53%. Yeah. And he's just like, screw it. It's his make a wish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that the, the moment with Hammer was hilarious. The, you know, of course, Christy Everhard from the first movie is there interviewing him, whatever. But he says, like, we're a lot alike. We're super similar. And then Tony Stark is stepping into a race car. Yeah. Exactly. Which which shows how different they are because Hammer doesn't do anything besides mm. stand around being a smarmy rich idiot. Yeah. Whereas Tony likes to drive and be Iron Man, I guess, is the difference. And well, and not pay for sex also. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um so uh, it's not just a rivalry of two, you know, like he he's hammer's very insecure. So it's not necessarily yes. a rival of two matched. Oh, not even only. close. Like hammer yeah. hammer is, you know, the, the, the generic knockoff of Tony Stark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so partway through the race, Ivan disguised as a crew member attacks Tony with his whips. <laughs> the cool scene. It is. And real cars exploding. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that that real was cars. real cars. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Sweet. Um, happy Natalie and Pepper. Wait, was Natalie in the car? I don't remember. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a car. child's like British cartoon. <laughs> Natalie and Pepper. <laughs> and happy. Yeah. Happy Natalie and Pepper rush to the tree <laughs> where the old wise owl told them. <laughs> Literally, pe- Peppa Pig. Uh, yeah. So they rush to the track with Tony's briefcase Iron Man suit. He suits up and uh, with the help of uh, Happy doing some hit and run, not (laughs) without the running, uh, he takes down Ivan, who is then arrested by the French police. Laughing maniacally. Yeah. Love it. Um, Yeah. Laughing that he won. Yeah. He's like, you lose. You lose. Yeah. Uh, Tony visits Ivan. I'm I'm sorry to interrupt you. He... It did kind of lose, even if uh, he didn't kill Stark. Um, it showed the world that it is possible. We saw all yeah. the failed attempts. Well, yeah. He's like, I have an arc reactor just like him. That you genie lose. is out of the bottle. Yeah, you're not yeah. numero uno. Yeah, well, and that's what he tells Tony. Like, you know, if you can make God bleed, then right. yeah, I will mix my you... metaphors and there is blood in the water. That's why you, yeah. Well, it's interesting because the first thing that Tony does, you know, he pulls the arc reactor out, shuts down the suit and looks right. at it. It's just like, fuck. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's how he loses. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Ivan insults Tony's family when Tony visits him in jail, then reveals he knows. <laughs> Your mama's so fat. <laughs> uh, Tony Stark speaks French. Yeah. Naturally. Yeah. yeah he is sense. conversing with the cops in French. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, sent to boarding schools. Uh, he reveals he knows that Tony's dying from palladium poisoning. Uh, Tony leaves and heads back home. How does he know that? I just assume he knows that like palladium would poison you and he knows how the arc reactor has to be powered. So yeah. he knows that it's in his body. 
Yeah, I guess, and he doesn't have it in his body, so he doesn't have that issue. Yeah, it's just a weird like palladium, huh? Yeah. What? This took me months to figure out. Yeah. Um, At first, I was kicked out of the palladium. (laughs) (laughs) Um. All right. So, uh, Ivan gets busted out of jail with an exploding potato. They fake his death. <laughs> he gets ushered in to meet Justin Hammer, uh, who offers him a deal. He wants Ivan to create an arc reactor. Uh, arc reactor suits. Ivan wants his bird. Um, so other than like being able to work for him, I'm not sure really what Ivan was getting out of it. I assume money, but it was never really discussed. Um, I think well, money and freedom. Oh, sorry, yeah, freedom. He saved his life. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, Revenge, well, he yeah. saved him from being yeah. in jail the rest of his life. Um, my my favorite part of this is Vanko is speaking Russian to Hammer yeah. multiple points. Uh, and the broken English. And and his broken English. And he eventually but, just speaks perfect English. And he was speaking so eloquently to Tony back in yeah. the yeah he's playing dumb yeah but uh he's fucking with justin hammer is what he's doing yeah yeah fabro didn't have russian lines written for him and i guess uh oh god what's his name um the wrestler mickey rourke kept asking um like what do you want me to say in russian and mickey rourke did all this extra legwork to figure out what he should be saying in russian wow so he's saying a bunch of cryptic parables to him Every Man. time that he says something, yeah, he's like saying a layer of something thoughtful. That's cool. Wow. Man, he's he's so bird money and doesn't even know it. <laughs> um at home, Rody visits Tony, telling him that because of Ivan having Tony's technology, the government wants to come take Tony's suits away. Exactly. He reveals to Tony that he's dying from the or he reveal Tony reveals to Rody that he's dying from the palladium in his chest. Um Ivan and Hammer arrive at his facility in Queens. Ivan immediately gets to work on some suits Justin has. Uh, we also see that he's a master computer hacker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, back in Cali, Tony <laughs> Tony uh, hangs out with Natalie, then celebrates his birthday by putting on the Iron Man suit and getting really drunk. Really yeah. drunk. Yeah. Really. Really, really drunk. This is the only scene that's like really touches on the um, uh, demon in a bottle. Yeah, it's very, you know, it's very clear in this one. Um, Well, and then trying to show off and being like super dangerous, you know, he could have certainly hurt someone or killed someone just accidentally. Well, I mean, exploding glass above a crowd is generally a bad idea. Someone's going to get cut up. Like, yeah, my doctor said I'm not supposed to do that yeah um the watermelon is another story i guess yeah. Yeah. Who, yeah, the gallagher yeah yep, that, that's the best comedian tony can think of the best watermelon related comedian. yeah i mean is there a better watermelon related comedian that's a really not specific if, genre not if you don't look yeah <laughs> <laughs> um pepper and roadie try to de-escalate the situation to no avail Rody ends up getting into one of Tony's suits and fighting Tony. They destroy most of the house in the process, and then Rody flies away to deliver the suit to the military. Hey, DJ, give me a fat beat to beat my buddy's ass to. <laughs> Might be the best line in this entire movie. 
That is the most uh, Tony Stark shit ever. Yeah. And the way he delivered it was perfect. Like he yeah. broke down Just in laughter. Giggling at end, through it. At mm-hmm. the end. Well, Tony Stark blackout drunk is a more experienced in the suit, but is way more capable at using the Iron Man suit than Rhodey is. And they show it so well throughout the choreography. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's designed for him personally. He has so much more practice at it. Like he, yeah. yeah built it. He knows the thrusters and what they can do. And yeah. Yeah. His hand blast. Rhodey is very like clumsily trying to figure it out as he goes along. He's, he's climbing that ladder really quickly though yeah. I, the, the choreography of this scene is incredible to me because it shows all of that like story element in mm. a fight yeah yeah absolutely um but yeah it's essentially like letting a regular person drive your race car mm-hmm. yeah like, yes yeah. they well, can drive it <laughs> a champion go-kart it? racer i would That's say because roadie flies airplanes and stuff and he's accomplished a as a pilot but yeah but yeah the suit is a whole other thing uh, the next, yeah. the next morning, essentially he commandeers it. He just takes, you know, yeah. yeah, and he, he's definitely like a cop. He walks into the middle of the party and he's like, everybody the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's still military. Um, so, all right. The next morning, Tony goes out for donuts and meets, meets up with Nick Fury. who reveals that Natalie is <laughs> actually in a shocking twist. Natasha Romanoff, AKA black widow. <laughs> this felt like a uh, a reprise of the uh, the screen chemistry from the spirit between uh, ScarJo and Sam Jackson. Oh, Sam yeah. Jackson. <laughs> they yeah. were in Shield uniforms, not Nazi uniforms. <laughs> Little did we know. Yeah, they were in Nazi uniforms all along. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> all along. Uh, um, so uh, let's see. We learned that Tony allowed Rhodey to take his suit. Um, Nick Fury has stuff to deal with in the Southwest region and he gives Tony a shot that helps delay the effects of the palladium. Um, I found that interesting. So there's a theme running through this um, where, okay. So Tony gives away his art to the boy scouts. He um, essentially lets Rhodey take the suit because as Natasha says, there are multiple fail safes to prevent the suits from being stolen. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, You know, he made pepper CEO. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he made Pepper CEO. So, um, him giving away his stuff, which is a, which is generally a well-known, um, like suicide, suicide risk, risk yeah. uh, uh, factor. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Or, or, or a fatal disease. You know, you're yeah. gonna die. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah. Either way, he knows he's not long yeah. for the world, and so yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. In Queens, we see that Ivan isn't making suits for Hammer. He's making drones. <laughs> drones better. Drones better. <laughs> this is not my bird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a bird. It's a I good want bird. my bird. It's a good bird. <laughs> it's a good bird. It, we brought it all the way from Russia. It's a good, solid bird. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They had it shipped. Yeah, right. There's nothing wrong with this bird. It's like a little kid coming home like, that's not my hamster. That's not my hamster. Wait, what? Yeah. Um, then meanwhile, Rhodey is tasked um, by the military with arming the suit he took from Tony. Back in California, uh, Nick Fury explains to Tony that Venko's father and Stark invented the arc reactor together. When Anton <laughs> tried to sell it, Stark had him deported back to the USSR from whence he once defected. I imagine, so, 
I imagine that Brezhnev was real happy to have him back. Um, yeah. Well, and pissed that he didn't make him the arc reactor, I'm sure. Like, why did you mm-hmm. get kicked out of that country? Of course, there's a big debrief that comes with that. Right. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Okay, so this is my problem with this whole situation. The rich <clears throat> capitalist warmongering Stark mm-hmm. sells out the guy who was trying to sell the arc reactor. Yeah. How much money did Stark make off of making missiles and bullets and shit? But he didn't sell the arc reactor technology because it was too big, right? Isn't that what they told us in the first movie? Yeah. Well, it it couldn't be scaled down. Yeah. yeah. But like Anton wanted to sell it, but Stark that like, no, we don't sell our weapons. (laughs) Right. Like, Like, yeah. Go back to Russia where you have to subsist off of bread. Well, yeah. And like, let's be honest. <laughs> how are, and it's fair technology parts. I, that's what you get for wanting to make money. This is one of the things I had in my unanswered questions. Is Howard Stark the actual villain of this? Because he didn't need to have this man sent back no. to a communist dictatorship to be sent to prison for 40 years. Yeah, that was yeah. a real dick move, Howard. No, it's, it's that well, kind of like spiteful Edison Tesla type thing. Like, not... Yeah, you're fired, and also I'm going to drag your name through the mud. They explicitly say that Howard Stark had him sent back. It's like, who the fuck yeah. is Howard Stark that he has like control over the government's immigration process? <laughs> He's a billionaire, I guess. He's a yeah. rich white guy. And so. one of the founding members of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's a dick move. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, it's totally. And uh, Ivan kind of has a point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, all right. Uh, then Fury reveals that Howard Stark's a founding member of S.H.I.E.L.D. Tony, uh, he tells Tony that his father had a big unfinished project, then gives Tony some of his father's old belongings, sets Agent Coulson to watch him, tells him he's to finish his father work, father's work in order to save his own life. Somehow, he knows that's a thing that's going to happen. Uh, Tony's <laughs> not allowed to have any contact with the outside world until he's done. So uh, Hammer shows up at the Air Force base and sells a bunch of guns to Rhodey for his suit. Then meanwhile, mm-hmm. Tony's going through his dad's stuff. He finds an old uh, film reel of his dad with a message for himself on it and gets all cats in the cradle. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, and it was like the last few moments of this reel that mm-hmm. he left this message. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Also, why didn't Shield digitize any of this shit? <laughs> well, hey, good point. Uh, yeah, cellulose doesn't last forever. No, it does no. not. Um, so Tony goes to visit Pepper, who is on her way to the Stark Expo. We learn that Justin Hammer's given a presentation there. They bicker. She's allergic to strawberries. She, <laughs> <laughs> but he remembered something yeah. about strawberries. There's a correlation. There's He's trying so hard. Is he he trying that? You got to give him a little bit of credit for being Tony Stark and that being what he remembers. Right. Uh, um, Yeah, I guess. Because he doesn't think about other human beings at all. He is the textbook narcissist. Yes, he is. It's not that he has no empathy like a sociopath. He just doesn't. Yeah. He's so thinking about it. Right. Doesn't consider them. Yeah. Doesn't listen to them. That's a good way to say it. He, He doesn't hear people. No, he does he's not. Trying to. Uh, so, all right. Well, I yeah, I mean, let's. There's some major like um, 
Tony Stark is a weird combination of like this like insane bravado and also um, being somewhere on the spectrum. Um, yes. Because he's definitely somewhere on the spectrum. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Yeah, and then you add like millionaire um, only child. Yeah. You know, like, oh, God. The yeah. life he grew up in. Why He never had to listen to anybody. Yeah, absolutely. And you get this this dude. Um, so, all right. They bicker and she leaves. He takes the diorama of the Stark Expo that his dad made back to his house. The layout of the Expo is revealed to be a diagram of the atomic structure of a new element. I like that kind of shit, even if it's hokey. That national treasure. Da Vinci kind Code kind of. Yeah, yeah, it's hidden. Indiana Jones. Yeah. I... Okay. <laughs> the road doesn't like it. No, <laughs> I hated this. This was the thing in the movie I hated the most and had the most questions about. Um, huh. I guess I guess we're lucky that this this gigantic um, compound, which has been sitting vacant since 1974, didn't have anything done to it at any point. <laughs> like, oh, what do you mean? Like bulldozed? Yeah, or like it's well, just. There, I guess oh, there, I guess we're well, also his, lucky that this is the year that he's being poisoned by palladium that he decided to put on the Stark Expo again. I I think that the Stark well, Expo thing that he had was always hanging on the wall. Yeah, um, and uh, it's the original blueprints but that, there, he, that he yeah. used. Okay, yeah. I mean, fair. But there but are still that, structures standing from different world fair worlds. Well, fair. yeah, but not in the exact way in order to make yeah. a new. Oh, but the diorama is accurate. That's uh, what he used. Yeah, okay. yeah he, he didn't need the actual expo oh, buildings okay. to right. complete this. He just needed the model. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, fair, but also, like, why, Howard? Why? Why yeah. not put it in a safe that your son can okay. access when he's yeah. de- when because you're done? His, his, his idea, and he even says, it, "Is like I can't do this now in my time." Okay, but you will be able to one day. And I guess his idea was like, once you figure this out, it must be the right time because you'll need it. Once you figure out that I hide things in architecture, <laughs> it just seemed <laughs> no. Dumb. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. Like why <laughs> wouldn't why wouldn't he put the like like the plans to it or a newsreel or something in like a safe for Tony when he's old enough, like that, that can be stolen. Well, he didn't I know what the future would hold, but he yeah, knew hiding it out there. Insight kind of thing. It, it makes me think of Da Vinci code. It made me think of Da Vinci code mm-hmm. a lot watching the sequence because Da Vinci supposedly hit a bunch of clues in plain sight and no one has mm-hmm. been able to decipher them. And like Indiana to it's a different. Uh, so no, no, concept. it's one thing if he but was hiding sunlight. if he was hiding his life's work from the public in plain sight in the hopes that somebody somewhere someday might figure it out. But he specifically no, Tony wanted Tony to do it, which yeah. which he thought his son would be brilliant enough to. Well, I because he knew his son would be brilliant enough because his son was a genius at like four. Well, any, anyways, uh, it would be yeah. a lot more boring. Film wise, if he just opened a safe, it was interesting to see that reconstruction technology and, you know, him being able to move the map. Like Al said, the actual layout in present day doesn't matter. He needed the model. I don't know. I thought it was more interesting than opening. Well, sure. It was more interesting. It just I feel like it doesn't make a lot of logical sense. It seems really dumb to me. 
Well, it seems opposite the, to me. The box, though, uh, to consider the safe aspect of it, the box itself was sealed. It had like red tape on it. So I assume like, like it would be a shipping container, like that that was like a sealed thing that even shield hadn't opened themselves, which is why it wasn't uh, digitized. Like I asked. Well, but, yeah, they knew it was meant for Tony and Nick had been watching Tony and hadn't thought he was ready. And yeah. now it was do or die. So I, I, think, I think that it was all born out of a conversation between Howard Stark and Nick Fury at some point in the, the 80s or 70s. Yeah, I think so. So if Tony ever has to put an arc reactor in his chest and is about to die of palladium poisoning, make sure he gets the plans to Stark Expo 1974. Well, I don't think that it was necessarily about him saving Why not? his life. I think that it was more about what? using the yeah. arc reactor itself, like there's developing no, the arc reactor. There's no way that he could have foreseen right. that he would have an arc I reactor know. in his chest, but it's it was the new element aspect. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. It's, it's, like, it's all I can't I can't do this in my time. You you're gonna have to take over. Right. And if you can figure this out, <laughs> no, you will be ready. You're at you're at the point I where get, you, I get the conceits. It. I just don't think they're good conceits. Let's well, move comic on. book movie. I mean, if we can accept No, it. I I liked there were a lot of conceits in a lot of comic book movies we've seen that like I accept and like that I think make a ton more sense than this. Mm. All right. The first Iron Man in particular had a lot of stuff that I thought was way better. Um Oh, better? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, it's it is kind of like Zemo's plan in Civil War, where it's like, did all of these things have to line up exactly for this to happen? Yeah. Or Well, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. It's like you can't plan all of this. And then the coincidences become pile up on each other to a degree that it becomes unbelievable. But we find they're not coincidences. We find No, that they are coincidences. Everything is okay. They are coincidences. Um <laughs> all right. So um let's see. Uh Ivan's working on a new reactor whip suit. Oh wait, wait no, here we go. Um Tony does some remodeling. Uh we get uh, Captain America Easter egg. Uh Colson <laughs> tells which he uses to prop up the device. Yes. Which is perfect for Tony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Colson tells Tony he's heading to New Mexico. Then we, uh, with the aid of Jarvis. Uh, real. I love this scene with Colson. It's like classic Colson. And uh, mm-hmm. that Clark Gregg just nailed this character right from the beginning. When he walks in, Tony's like, where you been? I was doing some stuff. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I and saw then, the uh, campus or what, what does he say? <laughs> um, yeah. It's something about leaving the campus, which he had to do to, to make this device. Um, oh, I guess he didn't. he like went to, he drove his car to see yeah. pepper. Um, but uh, then when they close the scene, he's, um, he says, uh, good luck. We need you. Yeah. More than, you know, not that much. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, Colson. Yeah, Clark Gregg is uh, absolutely great as Colson every time. Um, all right. So, uh, with the aid of Jarvis, Tony synthesizes the element. It is the element of triangle. Uh, yeah, we don't get uh, a name for this element. No, he doesn't no. call it Tony Stark. Is uh, Tony Starkonite or vibranium? Tony Stark. Because <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure that it is heavily implied that it is vibranium. 
but uh, right. I don't know. It is implied that, yes. Yeah, but they don't explicitly say it at any point in any movie that Tony Stark synthesized vibranium. <laughs> and it no. could have been at the time. I, but I mean, <laughs> is vibranium a power source, though? No, but the, it's, it's also not new because uh, Captain, America's, Captain America's shield was made out of it. Well, but they couldn't make it. You know, they and they only had the small amount oh, that they, they had. They couldn't cut it off. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that the uh, the triangle itself created the energy. Oh, he hit no, it with the laser. The the triangle held. Yeah, and it held the energy. Yeah. So whatever whatever the thing was, it could maintain that that energetic whatever thing within its structure. The woo-woo, hand-wavy science explanation, but uh, mm-hmm. I think it's vibranium. I, I really do. I, I think so. Which is why he's bulletproof, you know, more and more and more as we get into the later movies. His well, suits which are stronger. Is why it would be why Howard wouldn't want just anybody to know about vibranium, just like yeah. the Wakandans. Um, all right. So, uh, <laughs> well, then it's a good thing no one else looked at those plans yeah. or that <laughs> diorama, which... <laughs> yeah, it is a good thing. But who has the program Tony has, and who else has it on the wall? <laughs> but well, and who's well, it's, a it's a good thing he it's a good thing he didn't get rid of a thirty-six-year-old diorama of an expo he never thought about. At least that we know of until this year when he decided to put it back on well, again. Isn't it though? It is. I it's a big coincidence I, that he decided not to do that. I bet there were paper plans still floating around, but he is a very visual. Tactile there are. Person. That's what Mickey Rourke yeah. used. Yeah. Well, he didn't have the vibranium breakdown, yeah. but yeah, there were plans made. Well, no, I mean, no, he had plans for the arc reactor, not for the the not for the, the element itself. Yes, he did because we we're talking about the diorama he set up and how stupid. No, no, Mickey, that is. Mick, Mickey, no, Mickey, no, Mickey, no, not Mickey Rourke. Rourke. The plan. I thought we were talking yeah. about Howard. I thought we were still talking. About All right, so um, do 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 uh. Back in Queens, Ivan's working on a new arc reactor whip suit. Justin's upset that Ivan isn't delivering on their deal. He threatens Ivan and sets guards on him while he heads to the Stark Expo. Ivan kills the guards almost immediately, then calls Tony, revealing he's still alive and threatens him. Tony traces the call back to New York, although not to an exact building, and realizes that the Stark Expo is in danger. So he puts the new element in the arc reactor suit in his chest and gets ready to head out. That looks like the greatest cocaine anyone's ever done in their lives when the arc when he puts it in his chest. The flavor. What, what is it that he coconut, tastes? Coconut. And it metal. tastes like coconut and metal. Yeah. It's like yeah. that may be radiation. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Probably. Uh, um, at the expo, Hammer does his presentation. <laughs> his little Average dance white band. To pick bro. up the pieces, his little dance. It's hilarious. <laughs> right. Just Anytime like I hear this song, that's all I think is his dance. Yeah. <laughs> um, he reveals his drones. He reveals Rhodey as War Machine. Tony arrives, reveals to Rhodey that Hammer is working with Ivan. Um, then Venko hacks into Rhodey's suit, attacks Tony with it and the drones. Tony flies away and they chase him. Um, um, when when Rhodey salutes, all of the drones salute synchronously yeah. with him which didn't i mean it's not much foreshadowing but moments before it happens mm-hmm. they are all kind of synchronized off of this is my interpretation off of the iron man platform itself well like he didn't do besides make them follow him basically 
Yeah, he says, you know, like, can we get a demonstration? He's like, you can salute. Yeah. yeah. So Ivan said, you'll get a salute. Yeah. <laughs> he delivered. Even though, yes, obviously he could do so much more. Yeah. 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 He just, yeah, obviously didn't want Jesus to know. Pete. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> he might be a bad guy. Um, so, all right. Uh, Pepper and Natasha work over Hammer, discovering where Ivan is. Natasha and Happy head to uh, the Hammer Industries building. Pepper uh, calls the NYPD on Hammer. Yeah. She calls the cops on this <laughs> yeah. man. She doesn't call Phil Colson. She's like, uh, yeah, can I get a, a squad car down here? Yeah. I've got and this, like, uh, multi-billion dollar, yeah. Yeah. Th- like, Total. theft. Like, this is, like, yeah. state terrorism. What are the shit. local cops like, arresting him for exactly? <laughs> what a Karen move. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to call the cops. Like, no, call Nick Fury, lady. Yeah. You live here. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Tony saves a kid in an Iron Man mask that has been revealed by Kevin Feige to be <sighs> Peter Parker. They're in Queens. Great job, kid. Yep. Calls him he kid. Grows up to, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he grows up to sort of worship Tony Stark. So the mask and him being there makes sense. Yeah. It's all not, wor- it not worship, but look up to. Yeah. Yeah. Still bothers me a little bit. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, because it feels like an after. The it is a retcon. Yeah, exactly yeah. retcon. Yeah. At the time, it, that was not it. Yeah. Um. So, all right. Uh, Happy and Natasha arrive at Hammer's facility. <laughs> Natasha takes out the guards. Happy. Happy's so proud of she, himself for getting the one guy. <laughs> she fights twelve guys. Yep. I love at the end of his fight with the guy. I got him, and then he <laughs> yep. looks down the hallway to see. Yeah. Um, that first, the first maneuver where she zips the two guys and like pulls the guy's head down as she's punching the other guy, uh-huh. she did that shit too. That's another Ooh. like actual Scarlett Johansson did the stunt maneuver. Wow, That's bad, That's incredible! Yeah, it is. yeah. Um, so all right, they take control of the system there, giving Rhodey back control of his suit. Uh, this is a point where Pepper learns that Tony was dying. Um, Rhodey and Tony face off against the remaining drones, destroying <laughs> them. Their conversation is so amazing. What? You're doing what now? You're you're dying? When were you going to tell me? It's those kinds of things. The camera is panning back and forth to the the screens. Yes. The inner helmet. Yeah. Uh, and, well, uh, and I love I love the the buddy cop Tony and uh, Rhodes moment here too. Yeah, where they're it's like, no, no, you're, you have a big gun. You're not the big gun. <laughs> that, 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 well, so and, where are you going to go? I'm going to go up on the hill. Where should I go? Not here. <laughs> like, this, is, this is the kill box. The kill box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I met her. This uh, is where you go to get killed. And they oh. argue about it long enough for the drones to get the drop on them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Drones don't argue. <laughs> they just circle them completely too. I love this scene in the movie theater. I remember watching this and being like, oh, this is exactly what I wanted out of this whole thing. I was worried it was going to be a CGI flying mm-hmm. around lots. Cause we already got that, you know, right. it's like, are they going to end this whole thing in the air? That's going to be so dumb, man. The Iron Man movies really, really do ground fights well. Yeah, I really, yeah, I really do. did like the fights. This fight and the end fight, like it was very visceral, very like on the ground. Like it felt, mm-hmm. it felt rough. Yeah, it felt like there were stakes too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, all right. Uh, 
Let's see. Hammer gets arrested. Pepper oversees the evacuation of the park. She's going to stay there until she's sure everyone else is gone. Ivan shows up in a new suit and faces off against Tony and Rhodey. They eventually take him down by crossing the streams. Um, (laughs) The uh, ex-wife bunker buster gag (laughs) was awesome. (laughs) So did that fail because uh, Mickey Rourke whiplash uh, sabotaged it or did that no. just fail because hammer is inept I yes think, yeah yeah hammer he is confidently inept. took that shot and was like i think he confidently took the shot because he knows how inept hammer is right wow. yeah um, this better. was the only thing in the movie where the special effects were a little weird was they like heads Oh the, yeah, uh, the the heads put on. <laughs> yeah, after the fact. Yeah, it it was a little bit um, uh, Shark Boy and Lava Girl Joe <laughs> George right. Lopez's head, or those yes, or those <laughs> old old like TikTok videos where where you could make it yourself, like as elves as a card. Or, oh god, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. You put yeah. your head on whatever dancing animation they have. Yeah, and they turn like. <laughs> it reminded me of that. <laughs> Nobody can see that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So uh, the drones are rigged to self-destruct. Ivan sets them off before he dies. Tony races, grabs Pepper just as they blow. On a rooftop, they make up and kiss. Rhodey tells Tony he's keeping the suit and flies away. Rhodey is there on the same rooftop. It's such a dumb joke, but it works so well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was here first. Get a roof. Get a roof. Get a roof. Uh, um, the, the timing is so well done yeah. in that last. Well, and the way he's bit. just sitting there, so casual, like leaning. Yeah. On. Yeah. 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 It's like when you had to go with your buddy to his girlfriend's house for one reason or another. <laughs> and they're just doing that. And you're just like, Ugh. yeah. I watch them make out. <laughs> like because I don't have a ride. <laughs> yeah, be like, what's on Jerry Springer? All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So sometime later, Tony meets with Nick Fury. Um, Natasha recommended Iron Man for the Avengers, but not Tony. So Nick only wants to use him as a consultant. Tony reluctantly agrees. Uh, then in Washington, Tony and Rhodey are being honored. Senator Stern is forced to do the honors and give him the medals. <laughs> because he asked, he asked Fury for the favor, mm-hmm. the one favor. Um, this is the big, this is the first day of Fury's big week. Yes. <laughs> which, which is a real thing in the, in the comics. It leads up to the mm-hmm. Avengers is yeah. this is all one week before the Avengers movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fury's day out. Yeah. Yeah. So we get Thor in the desert. Yeah. The, and then we get post credits. Yeah. Captain America and all that stuff too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all these things lead up to that. Yeah, so it's right. kind of neat to be like narrowing in on the Marvel universe already. Good point. Yeah. So yeah, like a, a, a week later, um, Natasha's, looking for banner or has found banner yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly Pretty cool yeah um okay so yeah all right um in the after credit sequence agent colson arrives in new mexico there's a crater and in the middle of it is a hammer a big <laughs> hammer not a justin not a not justin, justin hammer. hammer no pick up the pieces place in the background he's just dancing <laughs> <laughs> i got a hammer 
Um, I want my hammer. So there were two things in that um, end, end scene with um, Nick Fury I wanted to mention real fast. Um, we briefly see a news report from uh, the college where the Incredible Hulk was having that thing. It's the same oh. news footage as we saw in the Incredible Hulk. So oh. the Incredible Hulk hmm. is taking place concurrently at the time that Tony's meeting with Nick Fury. Which makes sense because, yeah, that Natasha is sent to go find him. So that's interesting. Then also in that same scene where he's meeting with Nick Fury at the end, there's there's several maps going on behind them. And one of them is of Africa with a red arrow pointing towards a country which you can make out barely reads Wakanda. Wow. That's awesome. Layers. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, um, yeah, they were definitely setting up the interconnectedness a lot in this. Yeah. I love it. Um, I love that Disney has a skip credits <laughs> option that takes you to the after credit sequence. After credits. Oh man. I always miss it. Cause I just, I, especially with these, I love the music. I finally oh, figured out the end of the sixth sense. Those are the people who worked on the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, did anybody, did we mention Tom Morello at all? Mm-mm. I don't think so. So Tom Morello in the first movie did the music. Tom mm-hmm. Morello also did the music in this movie. In this movie, it was way more organized. They did the orchestration first and then Tom Morello played the guitar over it and mm-hmm. played a bunch uh-huh. of weird stuff. Right um, yeah, yeah. It was, it was incredible seeing, you know. <laughs> He's, he's like, um, this is one machine that I don't rage against. <laughs> well, Iron he Man. is actually, speaking of machines, he is a big Iron Man fan and always has been. So cool. it was kind of neat to to hear that. That's awesome. But yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible musician. And you can feel the electric guitar throughout the whole thing. It just works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. The score is great. <laughs> um, so, all right. Yeah. That's the movie. Um, all right. Um, unanswered questions. <laughs> Why did Tony never have the shrapnel removed? I mean, I understand in the first yes. movie they were saying it was like too close to his heart. I mean, yeah. there's heart transplants. I'm pretty sure there's a doctor somewhere, especially when you're a billionaire who can perform that kind of procedure on you. Or what was his magnet. name? Stephen Stephen Stra Strange. Yeah. Maybe. Oh yeah, the heart surgeon. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, um, also, uh, my my other question to that question is: He has a magnet on the back of the arc reactor that is right. keeping those pieces from getting closer to his heart. Mm-hmm. Powered by an arc reactor, don't you think that that would? be pulling them away and out eventually right. and they would just like he wake up one morning and be like oh damn those pieces of metal came out yeah, yeah. like well, a sliver growing its way out you know yeah right and and in the first one there was a brief time where the arc reactor was powered by a car battery um in the right. cave i mean i imagine he could at least take it out at nights or something to like minimize the amount of poisoning he's getting good point yeah he could just plug it into the wall yeah, <laughs> <laughs> something. I don't know. But you're right. His his tech uh, improves exponentially with each movie. But yeah, well, why not a magnet just suck those guys out? Yeah. Well, and if he gets hit hard enough, are those slivers of metal gonna pierce his heart and kill him? 
That's a good point. Yeah. And well, and and then like the he's got the little like poison blood vein things happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. And event like I I'm I'm not sure how the poisoning, the toxicity levels work, but they seem to be like go like it seems like when the veins reach his whole body, that's a hundred percent or something. They start huh. out like right at his heart to begin with. Like you think that's yeah. like that's the and worst that's place. Back. That's the yeah. worst place to start. Yeah. Um so uh oh just a note, this movie did not pass the Bechtel test. The only no. time that uh Pepper and um Natasha spoke which was I uh, twice, I believe. They had two bits of dialogue in which they spoke to each other. It was concerning Tony Stark. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. It's Favreau. No. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I wasn't necessarily paying attention. Um, I wasn't looking for that, but wasn't there... Did they do some business not really involving Tony when Natalie became her assistant? She told her to have him escorted, I think, was the closest thing. They, I, I watched. They didn't actually speak to each other. Okay. Pepper was speaking to Tony. Uh, Natalie, Natasha came up and had papers for her to sign. And um, Pepper said to her, have him escorted out. God, I forgot. We forgot to mention that she says it in Latin. Oh, collect yeah. your things or I will have them collected for you. Right? <laughs> Isn't that what she says? Yeah. Um, so, uh, what was Whiplash's plan at the race? It was a last minute thing, Tony deciding to race. Was he just going to mm. bust up a whole bunch of race car drivers? Yeah, well, he'd draw he, Iron Man out. He, he may not have known that he was going to race, but I, he might have known that he was going to be in Monaco for the Grand Prix. Okay. Because Justin was there, the press was there, but okay. it's a good question. Yeah, I'm You're out. right. How yeah. did he know? I, I mean, thought that yeah, he had a scheduled appointment. You know, he had scheduled, they had a table reserved. So, <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. He may have been able to pick that up on the so was it, internet. It was just good luck then that Tony got into the cars because he had to kill a lot fewer drivers yeah. to get him there then. Yeah. I but, guess. And well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past Ivan for that also to be a demonstration, like a debut. Yeah. Like, I want the world to see. Yeah, I, I can do oh. what Tony does. Yeah, he definitely wanted the world to see. Yeah, I definitely. And then Tony was in the race, and he's like, "I'll just fucking kill him." Then, yeah, in front of yeah, everybody. exactly. Fight him in the race. Well, and I don't think he wanted to kill him until he was in the Iron Man suit. Yeah, that was my one of my. Not to say that it's an unanswered question. Why not just kill Happy and Pepper in the car? Why not cut them in half? Right. Because I think that he was toying with them so that Stark could get the suit, so that he could destroy Iron Man in the yeah. Iron Man suit. Totally. That's reasonable. Yeah. yeah. Um, Makes sense. Because it drove me nuts the first few times. Is is Ivan's pelvis made out of <laughs> vibranium? <laughs> because yeah. he takes uh, three car thrusts up against a concrete yeah. barrier with and nothing. I checked. There's no like yeah. his, his vest yeah, that, thing. That kind yeah. of pressure will remove no shirt limbs. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Or damage them permanently. Or cru- yeah. Crush your spine. Yeah. At that point in your body, it's Mickey Rourke. He's just a tough guy. Yeah, it's just really tough. A wrestler. He can just take a car. That's all there is to it. Yeah, and that car, you know, it's just not. It's it's malleable. It's a soft, soft bend. Well, I mean, it's an it's it's an Audi, so it's you know, it's fair. Um, Actually, I don't think this one was the Audi. I think this was the this was like a like an actual like two hundred thousand dollar car. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. 
Um, the, okay, so at the end, after Iron Man takes him down, a bunch of police with a bunch of semiotic weapons run out to arrest him. Why didn't they just shoot him? He's not wearing anything but a vest and some pants. Like, good point. Like, if you're standing back, like, why aren't you taking headshots at him? That's a great point. <laughs> We're going to wait to see if Iron Man can beat him. Then after Iron Man beats him, we'll just go and arrest we'll him. We him are French. Gym. We're French. That car, by the way, is a Phantom. That's a Rolls Royce uh, Phantom. That is like a car they only make like 10 of a year, I think. <laughs> so they got a really nice car. Uh, but yeah, they should have shot Mickey Rourke. Yeah, they should have shot him. They had a lot of guns, I saw. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, but you're right. That would end the, the threat of the arc reactor. And the threat of his maniacal murderous tendencies. Well, yeah. I mean, he's a dude running rampant in like a public space. Like I've seen cops. They're willing to shoot a dude. Yeah. (laughs) Um, um, The biggest unanswered question. What happened to Ivan's bird? Is he okay? Is someone watching him? Yeah, man. (laughs) Ivan didn't seem like he had many friends. I, he didn't also seem like the kind of guy who would alert the authorities that his father died. Right. So maybe the bird and his dead dad are just in that apartment together still. <laughs> the, the bird ate him. Yeah. <laughs> Slowly. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, why didn't Hammer have any other like research people, scientists, engineers <laughs> hanging out? with Ivan the entire time. He's like, yeah. here's a 10,000 square foot facility. I'm going to leave you alone in the building right? for like six months. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, he should have had like a team, like a team of like interns or something. Yeah. That would have actually been <laughs> That would have been funny. hilarious. It would have been hilarious. But there, one of them would have been like, hey, this looks like you're making it so you can control it yourself. If you need to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Why do the interns you are dying? fired? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whip. Whip. <laughs> they just keep finding parts of interns. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Cauterized wounds everywhere. Oh. Um, there's that scene where Rhodey delivers um, the war machine armor, and uh, the general there, who uh, his name is General Mead, says, This will finally get the Senate off my ass. Why was the Senate on General Meade's ass? What did he do to the Senate? What was he not delivering? Well, I, he, this is my thought, is that he got it for free. So, yeah. you know, I, I assume that this was... There were a couple of weird, like, uh, liberal agenda, quote-unquote liberal agenda lines in this movie. Mm-hmm. I assume that this was also pointing more at the left than at the right. This was not Gary Shandling's district that was causing him problems. It was the... Uh, opposition party mm-hmm. because they wanted to reduce spending and he got a free suit. So, uh, yeah. Makes sense. Um, yeah. The, the other line was Tony Stark saying about the liberal agenda, about the, the what was it? The windmills makes me gassy. Yeah. Wind I'm farms. already gassy. Yeah. Yeah. That was a weird thing to hear in, in 09. Like, oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Um, so, Tony had to build a particle accelerator at that point and bust up um, the house. Um, that must have taken a lot of time. And like, did he just order those parts? Like I imagine from Stark Industries Enterprises, but 
I don't know. That just seems like a lot of construction to just do on his own in such a short amount of time. Um, well, I, I assume that he. we only saw him doing more of the physical parts because it's dramatic. I assume he used the Iron Man suit to do a lot of the construction. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And you Dummy know, putting, was helping. Yeah, putting yeah. a hole through the wall is pretty easy when you can just walk through a wall, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a wonderkind. Yeah. Um, and the parts I assume he had them manufactured like that day. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> He's I mean, like, he, I'm not a Russian in a bare bones garage here. I mean, I just imagine if he's like calling up Stark because he's not the CEO. If he's calling up Stark <laughs> and is like, um, bring me some particle accelerator stuff. Pepper's going to be like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, but I have a feeling that he no knows people throughout his company that, that do the things that are more of the like hardware side that mm. he could just call and be like, hey, it's me, Tony. Remember me? Mm-hmm. I'm Iron Man. Will you make me a thing? And people will just do it. Because <laughs> um, I will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no. And I mean, it is Stark. He's Tony is Stark. Yeah, there's going to be people there that are loyal to him. Um, why didn't Tony ever fly away from the civilian population at the expo to, like, draw them away from, like, he's just kind of flying around over, like, the general Metroplex area. <laughs> I felt like he was trying to collect them to keep them from from leaving him. Like he was still trying to like stir the beehive up to where he would get all of the bees to follow him. So well, instead of leaving some of the drones to run rampant in the popula- well, population. Okay, well then that leads to my other question. Like what was Ivan doing with that? Cuz his whole motivation was revenge on Tony Stark. And, okay, I get that. So he's going to show up. He wants to kill Tony Stark with the drones and War Machine and then his own whiplash suit. That's fine. But then a lot of the drones are just ignoring Tony Stark and, like, just running rampant Godzilla style. Um, Because they're destroying his reputation through the show. Right. His name is on the the world. Yeah. The thing, the symposium or whatever. I keep forgetting what it's called. The Stark. Yeah. It's like he's pre-proving that the Ultron program (laughs) will not work. Literally. Yeah. All right, that makes sense. Um, so, but and also you're right. His his main motivation was revenge. But like any villain, a little chaos is fun. Yeah, you know, making people afraid and making pe- fucking things up. <laughs> Generally, um, so you know, I've said I don't think I in, I don't think I find this movie as good as you guys do, or at least Josh and um, Brian. I don't know. Al hasn't expressed an opinion. Um, but um, you're like a sphinx. Yeah. Uh, um, I enjoyed a lot of it. I don't think it's a bad movie. I want to say that. I don't think it's like I, I don't think it's terrible. It's certainly it's it's has a lot enjoyable. It's an MCU movie. Even a bad MCU movie is pretty fun. I didn't give it enough credit. It was mainly my attitude when it first came out. I I didn't pay attention. So yeah, well, I'm not saying it's very yeah yeah. I think on its own merits, like it's better. I think on it. I think. I think the additional 18 MCU movies make it a much better film than it was on its own. Fair enough. Um, but uh, um, it well, it, it does a lot of heavy lifting to start that whole thing off. It does, really. But yeah, just it's a gamble. Just too. this film's self-contained plot is so so messy. All of the lines of conflict we have. So we've got. 
Whiplash. We've got Justin Hammer. We've got Tony's drinking. We've got Tony being sick. We've got um, Rody taking. Yeah, the military. Rody taking that. We've got the Senate, which is like, there's just. I I find the films. I find it as a movie, as a film in and of itself, disconnected from anything larger, to be a very kind of messy, all-over-the-place um, mishmash of stuff. Hmm. All right. Al, would you like... Would you like to offer it? Uh, Mr. Uh, Sphinx? <laughs> uh, I, I disagree with Thoreau uh, halfway. Hmm. Uh, I, I'm... Um, I liked this. I like this movie. Um, I, I don't think it was as much of a mess as Thoreau mm. asserts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I like yeah. your mess uh, description of it. Um, and again, to to justify it through the movie, uh, this is Iron Man's first year of being the only superhero on the planet. So he is mm-hmm. the focus of everyone, which is kind of interesting. Think about well, it like and, that. And you're right. The hidden thing in the map and the expo and stuff, you know, that's that was messy. You know, yeah, I'll give you that. But I think most of it, you know, explained itself or justified itself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it it explains itself. I I don't find I don't find the lines of conflict to be especially clear or um n- narratively, it's. Narratively, I just think that it's kind of all over the place. Um, yeah. I still don't understand at this point why Pepper is in any way interested in Tony as a romantic partner. He's um, a millionaire. Uh, yeah, but, but she's she's the CEO of Stark now. Like she doesn't need that billionaire money. She's probably That's millionaire true. herself. Not a billionaire, mm-hmm. probably a millionaire. But um, I mean, and she's uh, there's there's plenty of other millionaires and billionaires aren't out there who aren't like narcissistic man child. I think but, she pities him and wants to fix him. Not well, there's to, an element of that, but they've worked together so long. Fun. She's yeah. seen every side of him. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm sure as an employee and friend, he's treated her well, despite his narcissism and such. So I don't know. Yeah. It's a good question. Yeah. I mean, as, as time goes on, it makes more sense through the films, but at this point, at this point, it just feels very, very, uh, that, that like kind of like tropey, like the girl's there to be the guy's girl. Yeah. I think, no, I think that her feelings evolve as Tony's evolve, as, as he becomes more mature and more empathetic in his thinking. She falls more in love with them, I think. But you're right; we didn't have those other movies. Well, yeah. she very much is like a mother figure in a lot of ways for him. Absolutely, like hiding that he's sick, and when she finds out, she nags him, nags mm-hmm. quote unquote, he's yeah. dying. Yep, I do find it. And, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say at the uh, at the end when they do kiss. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of adrenaline going on at that moment. There is well, mm-hmm. well, that's actually that brings up another one, which heat, was a heat of the moment. Which, which is another minor unanswered question I had, but like, were they romantically involved throughout? Because they kind of were at the end of I one, so. and, but then there's nothing through this, and then at the end they do kiss. So I think it's complicated. That's, yeah, that was always like, I, my my read on it for the first three movies. That's fair. Yeah, she leaves and, him. 
work and pleasure situation. Yeah. yeah. She leaves him at the end of three, right? Or before Avengers or whatever or something like there. Some, yeah, Cause some he's direction. like when there was a movie where, where was it? When he gives the other, uh, like expo and gives all the, the, uh, Civil um, War. That was Civil War. That was Civil when he War. shows the like her, you can time her travel. Name, her name is on the thing, uh, on the the teleprompter, mm-hmm. and he gets all like choked up and doesn't read it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, so I found it hard to judge the film with on its own merits, not thinking about the larger MCU. Yeah. I really tried. I tried too. Yeah. Um. But uh, it's hard because I mean it's the MCU. It's hard to think of an individual film as its own thing at this point. Mm. But that's all. Um, final thoughts, guys? No, I don't think so. Another great example in improvised comic book filmmaking. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they start understanding comic books as they go along, as yeah. opposed to what you think a comic book movie should be. They're more like comics than any other. Yeah. Period. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, you guys ready to rank this? Yeah, yeah. sure. All right. Um, where's, all right. Here's our ranking. So we have two MC movie, MCU movies on here. We have Iron Man, the first one, at number two. Uh-huh. And then we've got Incredible Hulk down here at number 26. Okay, well, uh, hold on. I'm trying to get them both in frame there. But. It's definitely better than Orgasmo. Batman 66. I mean, I think it was better than Hellboy 2. Yeah. Hellboy 2, the Golden Army is there. Um, I think it's better than X2. X2. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well. I don't... I do not think it was better than Spider-Man or Spider-Man 2, personally. No, neither do I. I love Spider-Man too. I, I could argue that it's better than Watchmen, even. I mean, because Watchmen was a slog of a movie. Watchmen, Watchmen had its own problems, but it was also a humongous mess. <laughs> yeah, for entirely different reasons. But yeah, yeah. Um, Kick-Ass, I think. I think it was. Pro- uh, I don't know. I don't Al- think it's. I don't think it's better than Kick-Ass. Just movie to movie. Not universe wise, but yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Kick Ass is pretty fun and badass. Yeah, and Kick Ass is a really, really strong film in and of itself. It's true. Um, I don't know, Al. What are you thinking? Uh, I don't know if if I personally would rank it above X two. Hmm. Um, I found X two to be pretty boring. Well, two and three of the singers, you know. Um. Well, three wasn't singer. Um, one and two were singer. I thought X two was pretty good. X three. X two was the better of the three of those. I thought. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was the best of the three personally. Yeah. That's yeah. I buy that. So right. I'm eyeballing. I'm eyeballing eleven. Al's thinking but, eleven. Uh, okay, I um, seems like I'm fine with that. <laughs> Josh can live with that. Brian, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'll give it eleven. I'll take it. All right. I think that's fair. I I can live with that also. Um, all right. We're putting Iron Man 2 at number 11 on our 
Uh, what, Al? What? Oh, I'm I'm just looking a little further down the list, and now we've got this above Superman and Batman Returns. I guess. Yeah, that's, that's fair. We also that's have fair. Hellboy 2 above them both, and I don't know if ultimately, yeah. in retrospect, that's true. So. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be the new Swamp thing, yeah. is Hellboy 2. Yeah. <laughs> Hellboy 2 is a weird, weird thing. Um, I don't, love Neil Gaiman, uh, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm good with it. I'm good. All right. We're sticking with it. We're putting Iron Man 2 at number 11. That's good. It's like almost halfway in between Hulk and the first. Well, yeah. It's halfway to Swamp Thing. Yeah. Halfway, <laughs> <laughs> halfway to Swamp Thing. We're going to make That's it, boys. That's the DCR song, too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. That means that uh, we're putting a pin in Iron Man 2. Next week, we will be watching and discussing Jonah Hex. Oh, mm. Jesus. Yeah. Um, well, I, I just want to say as far as the rankings real quick, um, you know, we did a special for our 50th episode. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe if we do a similar one for the 100, we can look at the possibility of examining the ranking. See if uh, see if now that better movies have popped up, if we're happy with things. Do some ranking rearranging. If we feel Ooh, up for it, we can we can have a battle royale episode of right. the show. Yeah, All right, well, that's with good... the 50th, we recapped every episode really quick, you know, kind of quickly. So then, yeah, we could do that and then be like, do we need to change this at all? All right, I, 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 that's a good idea. Go higher. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's like, yeah. Once we get to Avengers, like, no, Hellboy Two is not better than that. The Crow is not better than that. You know what I mean? They're not. I mean, yeah, yeah. All right. So yeah. All right. Um, yeah. I think that's a good idea. We should definitely think about that. Um, so uh, and if you're upset by that idea, tweet at us. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us. Or if you disagree with our rankings. <laughs> Everybody oh, yeah. disagrees yeah. with all of our rankings. We'll read it on air, your disagreement. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> all right. Uh, so, all right. Um, that's it for Iron Man 2. I'm going to go taste myself and watch Super Nanny while I drool in the carpet, everybody. <laughs> uh, I'm Josh CC, and if you could make me bleed, you would cease to believe in me. I'm Brian Lesh, and I serve this podcast at the pleasure of myself. <laughs> I'm Alec Weber, and I've been reassigned to New Mexico. <laughs> oh, we'll miss rough. you, Al. <laughs> Don't get too attached to things. It's the land of attachment. No enchantment. Attachment. The land of attachment. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks, Bye. guys.